Book sixteen, chapters thirty two through forty three of the City of God. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Darren L. Slider, www.logoslibrary.org. The City of God by St. Augustine of Hippo. Book sixteen. Chapter thirty two. Among other things, of which it would take too long time to mention the whole, Abraham was tempted about the offering up of his well-beloved son Isaac to prove his pious obedience, and so make it known to the world, not to God. Now every temptation is not blameworthy, it may even be praiseworthy, because it furnishes probation. And for the most part the human mind cannot attain to self-knowledge otherwise than by making trial of its powers through temptation, by some kind of experimental and not merely verbal self-interrogation. When, if it has acknowledged the gift of God, it is pious, and is consolidated by steadfast grace, and not puffed up by vain boasting." Of course Abraham could never believe that God delighted in human sacrifices, yet when the divine commandment thundered, it was to be obeyed, not disputed. Yet Abraham is worthy of praise, because he all along believed that his son, on being offered up, would rise again. For God had said to him, when he was unwilling to fulfill his wife's pleasure by casting out the bondmaid and her son, In Isaac shall thy seed be called. No doubt he then goes on to say, And as for the son of this bondwoman, I will make him a great nation, because he is thy seed. How then is it said, In Isaac shall thy seed be called, when God calls Ishmael also his seed? The apostle, in explaining this, says, In Isaac shall thy seed be called, that is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. In order, then, that the children of the promise may be the seed of Abraham, they are called in Isaac, that is, are gathered together in Christ by the call of grace. Therefore the father, holding fast from the first the promise which behooved to be fulfilled through this son, whom God had ordered him to slay, did not doubt that he whom he once thought it hopeless he should ever receive would be restored to him when he had offered him up. It is in this way the passage in the epistle to the Hebrews is also to be understood and explained. By faith, he says, Abraham overcame when tempted about Isaac, and he who had received the promise offered up his only son, to whom it was said, In Isaac shall thy seed be called, thinking that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Therefore he has added, From whence also he received him in a similitude in whose similitude but his, of whom the apostle says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. And on this account Isaac also himself carried to the place of sacrifice the wood on which he was to be offered up, just as the Lord himself carried his own cross. Finally, since Isaac was not to be slain, after his father was forbidden to smite him, who was that ram by the offering of which that sacrifice was completed with typical blood? For when Abraham saw him, he was caught by the horns in a thicket. What then did he represent but Jesus, who, before he was offered up, was crowned with thorns by the Jews? 
But let us rather hear the divine words spoken through the angel. For the scripture says, And Abraham stretched forth his hand to take the knife that he might slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him from heaven, and said, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, and hast not spared thy beloved son for my sake. It is said, Now I know, that is, now I have made to be known, for God was not previously ignorant of this. Then, having offered up that ram instead of Isaac his son, Abraham, as we read, called the name of that place, The Lord Seeth, as they say this day, in the mount of the Lord hath appeared. As it is said, Now I know, for now I have made to be known, so here the Lord sees, for the Lord hath appeared, that is, made himself to be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham from heaven the second time, saying, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, because thou hast done this thing, and hast not spared thy beloved son for my sake, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess by inheritance the cities of the adversaries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. In this manner is that promise concerning the calling of the nations and the seed of Abraham confirmed even by the oath of God, after that burnt offering which typified Christ. For he had often promised, but never sworn. And what is the oath of God, the true and faithful, but a confirmation of the promise, and a certain reproof to the unbelieving? After these things Sarah died in the one hundred and twenty-seventh year of her life, and the one hundred and thirty-seventh of her husband, for he was ten years older than she, as he himself says when a son is promised to him by her, Shall a son be born to me that I am an hundred years old, and shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? Then Abraham bought a field in which he buried his wife. And then, according to Stephen's account, he was settled in that land, entering then on actual possession of it, that is, after the death of his father, who is inferred to have died two years before. Chapter 33 Isaac married Rebekah, the granddaughter of Nahor, his father's brother, when he was forty years old, that is, in the one hundred and fortieth year of his father's life, three years after his mother's death. Now when a servant was sent to Mesopotamia by his father to fetch her, and when Abraham said to that servant, Put thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the Lord of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son Isaac of the daughters of the Canaanites, what else was pointed out by this, but that the Lord, the God of heaven, and the Lord of the earth, was to come in the flesh which was to be derived from that thigh? are these small tokens of the foretold truth which we see fulfilled in Christ. Chapter 34 What did Abraham mean by marrying Keturah after Sarah's death? Far be it from us to suspect him of incontinence, especially when he had reached such an age and such sanctity of faith. Or was he still seeking to beget children, though he held fast with most approved faith the promise of God that his children should be multiplied out of Isaac as the stars of heaven and the dust of the earth? 
and yet if hagar and ishmael as the apostle teaches us signified the carnal people of the old covenant why may not keturah and her sons also signify the carnal people who think they belong to the new covenant for both are called both the wives and the concubines of abraham but sarah is never called a concubine but only a wife for when Hagar is given to Abraham, it is written, And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her handmaid, after Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And of Keturah, whom he took after Sarah's departure, we read, Then again Abraham took a wife whose name was Keturah. Lo, both are called wives, yet both are found to have been concubines, for the scripture afterward says, And Abraham gave his whole estate unto Isaac his son. But unto the sons of his concubines Abraham gave gifts, and sent them away from his son Isaac, while he yet lived, eastward unto the east country. Therefore the sons of the concubines, that is, the heretics, and the carnal Jews, have some gifts, but they do not attain the promised kingdom. For they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed, of whom it was said, In Isaac shall thy seed be called. For I do not see why Keturah, who was married after the wife's death, should be called a concubine except on account of this mystery. But if any one is unwilling to put such meanings on these things, he need not calumniate Abraham. For what if even this was provided against the heretics who were to be the opponents of second marriages, so that it might be shown that it was no sin in the case of the father of many nations himself, when, after his wife's death, he married again? And Abraham died when he was one hundred and seventy-five years old, so that he left his son Isaac seventy-five years old, having begotten him when one hundred years old. Chapter 35 let us now see how the times of the 